Good morning. I'm Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net. Coming to you live from Seton Hall University's campus. We are so very pleased to have Mr. Roy Williams, the CEO of Prestige Wealth Management Group and the author of Only Retire Once, How to Avoid the Nine Deadly Mistakes of Retirement as our in-studio guest. Roy, welcome to the program, and thank you for interrupting your busy schedule to join us to share your thoughts and insights on leadership, but also, just as important, to discuss your book, Only Retire Once, How to Avoid the Nine Deadly Mistakes. Well, Darrell, thank you so very much for having me. Uh, just to give you a, a short background uh, where I came from. Uh, I lived in Oberge, New Jersey, grew up in the apartments there, and when I was in high school, grew up lower income. When I was in high school, I had aspirations of being a social worker. Then back in 1977, a social worker average pay was $8,200. I remember that number to this day. And I felt at that point that it, I, could do a lot, I could do a lot more good by being very successful in business and uh, inspire and help a lot more people by uh, going to college. I went to like Homing College in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, home of the Lily World Series, <laughs> uh, which uh, I guess just finished or is going on. And then uh, when I left like Homing College, mm -hmm. I was a business major. I went to work for uh, Prudential. And I had a great mentor, Jerry Aros, who took me under his wing. And my career took off from there. And I, I enjoy and love helping people. And that's really what inspired the book. We're seeing in today's very difficult economic environment, people making so many mistakes when it comes to retirement. So I, as I want to make a difference. You know, it's interesting. My brother is what Gaff is about 63, and um, he's been threatening to retire for the last couple of years. So I've been feeding him uh, a lot of different books, and I sent him your book as well. And he, he said some very good things about it in the sense that it's things that you think that you think about, but you don't think about. Yeah. That, that people make those mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening mm -hmm. today. It's becoming more complicated than it was when I started my career in 1982. When you retired, probably 60% of the employers had retiree health care. So when you retired, you had health care. And the other thing is he only lived for, you said he's 63, his mortality would have been 10 years. Today, his mortality is 20 to 30 years. Right. You know, even, even with some health situations, mm -hmm. with today's medical advancements, uh, mm -hmm. mortality continues to increase. And I heard an interesting statistic, you know, each additional five years, you, you're, you're almost guaranteed your mortality will extend another three months right. uh, recently. So it, when people are planning for retirement, a lot of times, okay, I'm here, I'm 63, I'm gonna retire. It really shouldn't be, are you, number one, are you ready to retire? Number two, financially, can you afford to retire? Uh, as we were talking about before we went on air, recently I had some medical events. My co-payments, and we have top-of-the-line insurance, my co-insurances are thousands of dollars out-of-pocket uh, for a relatively minor medical event. And a lot of times people don't budget that into their uh, budgets as they plan for retirement. They don't budget the cost of the health care. And they don't, really don't budget inflation. They look at what they have today, and they don't consider what they have today 20 years from now. You, you need at least double that to have the same standard of living, and people really don't make those considerations. When you think about it, Darrell, people retire only, most of the time only once. Right. I've retired many, many hundreds of times in helping clients plan for retirement. Right. And right. the best learning, I find, is when people make mistakes, they come to you. Mm -hmm. After they make the mistakes, 
so we can learn from the mistakes they've made and help other individuals avoid those mistakes. And again, that was the impetus, be, you know, in writing the book. Right. And we, I tried writing the book that it really applies to everybody. I have friends of mine from high school who work in many of the unions, and it applies to them. It applies to the executives. It applies to, you know, the widows. It applies yes. to the widowers, the divorcees, divorcees. I really try to really cast a broad net to help, you know, all those individuals and. Uh, you know, with somebody retiring, you have to, in most cases, work longer than you would think because the impact of inflation, cost of health care, and all the things that we have to deal with in today's environment. And so I guess with all of these uh, uh, values statements that you have here, um, there's a particular investment philosophy that you have. And what is that investment philosophy? And I, I'm sure it, 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 it you know, depends upon who, which client that you're talking to, but what's some of the basic principles of your investment philosophy? Really, an investment philosophy doesn't change mm -hmm. uh, from somebody who has 50000 a 100000 or $10 million. The investment philosophy is this, Daryl. You only take the amount of risk you need to take to have su success in retirement. Mm -hmm. So if you can walk across a bridge or swing across a bridge, swinging across, you can fall off the rope. Walking across, you have a 100% probability. You want to walk across the bridge, but yet a lot of people swing across the bridge. They take risks they don't have to have, then they hit the wall, and they fall off. And what are some of those risks that, that, that people take? Uh, leverage mm -hmm. is a risk. Uh, I recently met with a uh, widow and uh, last week, actually, and the insurance agent was saying, keep your mortgage, keep your mortgage. So we believe in having no debt, if you can, if you can have no debt uh, in retirement. So the, the risk... You know, in retirement, you have inflation risk. You have uh, living too long. You have spending too much money. But from an investment standpoint, mm -hmm. diversification. And <clears throat> when you use leverage from an investment standpoint, mm -hmm. we saw this in the real estate boom of the early 2000s. No money down. Remember those infomercials? Oh, yes. No money down. Right. And a lot of people got caught up into that. You were able to get a mortgage with no money down, and then you got trapped. And and a lot of those people had to lose their homes and, and get into trouble. So we believe in using as little leverage as possible from an investment standpoint, paying, paying off your mortgages, paying off your credit cards, and re retiring with no debt, and then having a portfolio that, as I said, has as little risk as possible. So if you don't have to have any money in stocks, that's fine. If you need to have, I've seen people who are 65 and they have no choice because they only have a certain amount of money, they're not able to work and they have to take risk or they're gonna end up with no money anyway. So they take risks to give, at least give them the ability and the chance to have uh, a successor in retirement. Because the worst thing you can do is run out of money in retirement. Right. So, As they say, you run out of runway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And people don't runway. People are saying, well, nobody in my family lived past 70. So I'm not going to plan to live past 70. Well, mm. I know somebody who's 85 years old and in very good health and going strong and did not expect to live past 70. So it's a medical advancements out there that's really really changed right. mortality it's a game changer for a lot of families right. that may have had a history of heart disease or other conditions that in the 60s you would die from today in most cases it's very manageable so let's talk about the nine deadly mistakes walk us walk us through these nine deadly mistakes what's the the, the number one mistake that people make is n not understanding how much money you're going to spend in retirement 
I have a grandson who I just saw in California for us to visit. Uh, our ladies grandson. and gentlemen, I'm telling you, he looks too young to have a grandson, I tell you. <laughs> At 55, I'm, I'm com- very comfortable having a grandson, but it's also great to look younger. But uh, airfare to California is four to $600 not even going out the holidays and that's trying to get the best rates uh, that's maybe using connecting flights so when people put a budget together for a retirement they don't calculate that they're going to have grandchildren we we're talking about disney world now at some point when the grandchildren are older you want to take them to disney world even if you don't even if the parents take them and pay for the grandchild they pay their own way just going with them is a, is a cost so they misunderstand and miscalculate the cost of right. retirement so if you have x dollars and you, if you have a pension Darrell, we'll say $4,000 a month from a union or, or mm-hmm. AT&T, doesn't matter where, or you know, any major corporation, then the problem is, is as you go through retirement, the, there's no inflation on that. So when you miscalculate what your expenses are, which everybody does, nobody calculates they have to put new air conditioning in the house, they have to fix a heating system, a new roof. Uh, you, you just think about all the things that you do, but you may not do it on an annual basis, and that's where people get in trouble is just not understanding what their budget's going to be. We're in the process. I invested uh, myself and my partner invested significantly in to develop an app, a budget app for those planning for retirement. I, I have no financial gain from having this app, but to help individuals who are planning for retirement to understand the expenses that are not maybe not recurring and the expenses that they may face as their their. Uh, retirement evolves and as they become older the expenses may go down in terms of not being able to travel as much but then your health care costs go up your coinsurances they have to pay your as we get older we just need more medicines and, and more health care uh you know i was in the office of one of my employees uh who's not that old you know he's in his uh workout outfit because he just went for rehab you know for his back mm-hmm. you know so rehabilitation so mm-hmm. we just find it evolves and and the money changes how you're going to spend it. You know, I was on the phone with another client today and they're talking about assisted living, needing assisted living, because again, we're living longer. Mm-hmm. You know, one person has a significant medical condition where 20 years ago he pr- would have been dead 10 years ago, but he's still living a very good life, but they probably need an assisted living facility as they get into their late 70s. You know, it's not like the, the old days where, um, you know, parents would live with the, uh, the children. I guess we are seeing a, a renaissance of that in the sense that uh, some parents are moving back in with their children at that, at that age. And then, of course, there's the expense of the medical expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a couple of good friends who their business is helping families to plan for the care, dependent care, mm-hmm. which, which the cost can be quite, quite, uh, quite large. And we're seeing some retirees get squeezed. What I mean mm-hmm. by squeeze, it's not a negative, is that mm-hmm. they're helping parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. And, and right. they're helping children. Right. You know, right. during this financial crisis, I can't tell you how many children that we have of our clients who moved back in to no fault of their own. Very hardworking, independent people. This is a very challenging, right. uh, you know, I call it the Great Recession that we had in 2008. And that yeah. was a, a Great Recession because uh, you and I are, are the same age, and we lived through 1987, mm-hmm. 91, 2000. Those weren't recessions compared to what we just went through. It was, you know, I call it the Great Recession yeah. by far. It, it, you know, it really there was. were over 8 million jobs lost. Absolutely. And uh, very quali- And it didn't matter from uh, the pipe fitter to yep. the executive That's and right. everybody in between. Uh, it, w- it was taking a very long time for individuals to get positions. What was it, August 2008? I was uh, 
in Lehman Brothers' office with another company pitching a service to them. Um, it was it, it, it was it was kind of scary because we started the meeting with about six other Lehman people. After during the hour, people were checking their Blackberries, getting up and leaving. Finally, there was two people left, and then that was that was late August, and it was right before they collapsed. But you know, it was very real, very real in regards to the depth of, of what we experienced. Oh, yeah. And and Lehman, most people don't realize, it was a AAA rated company. Right. By all the rating agencies, one of the one of very few AAA rated companies uh, at the time. But again, that proves out what we were discussing before, what leverage can do. Right. It was leverage that destroyed, leverage and greed that's right. that destroyed uh, the company. And that's what destroys, mm -hmm. going back to retirement, a lot of retirements is leverage and greed. Because I can flip this house, I can, I can put 10% down, I can flip it, I'm gonna make a lot of money. Well, if the real estate market goes against you, you're upside that, down. And you're upside down. You're upside our, our wealthiest down. clients who invest in real estate, they buy, they pay off, they mm -hmm. buy more, mm -hmm. they pay off. It may, it may use some leverage, mm -hmm. but not to extreme levels. Exactly. It, exactly. I, I call it, they don't pyramid. Right. They exactly. don't pyramid up. Exactly. And even in uh, portfolio management, mm -hmm. most individuals should not use leverage. We'll use uh, margin loans, which you can use on your account. If someone's going to buy another house and they need 100000 mm -hmm. for six months, then there's nothing wrong with borrowing in your mm -hmm. portfolio. But to borrow in your portfolio, if you lose 50%, you're, you're, so if you buy a stock for $100 and it goes down to 50, if you margin 50%, you're 100% you're loss. Mm -hmm. And most people, especially as they get closer to retirement, can't, uh, can't afford those losses. Right. right. And, uh, well, you know, an offshoot in, in terms of not understanding how much money they're going to spend in retirement is not understanding how long they're going to live. Right. But you know, chapter three points out something that I th that I think that people uh, should do right now is not only create a realistic budget uh, for retirement, but create a realistic budget currently. Uh, a lot of folks don't create a budget. No, I find probably 95% of the people don't live in a budget. Uh, they don't understand where their money's going. They earn a couple of works, they earn X dollars, and they have Y left over, and that's what they save and they really don't have a true understanding of, about mm -hmm. where that money goes. Right. It, in marriages, it can create a lot, of, a lot of challenges if all of a sudden now you've never had a budget, and we've seen this happen, Darrell, when you retire and now all of a sudden you're trying to institute this budget, it's very difficult and challenging on yes. the marriage. But yeah. it's, it's to understand where your money's going, I, th I think is uh, something that will help you retire and only so retire once. So for your clients, in regards to chapter three, uh, when you introduce this topic, if they've had a budget, I, I, I guess they're halfway home. But if they haven't had a budget, then you have to work with them to establish a budget for mm -hmm. their, their current situation and then figure out what the future situation is going to be. Even if they have a budget, we can spend an hour in a meeting talking about budgeting. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times, well, I only spend 6000 a month. You know, a couple spending 6000 a month living in New Jersey between mm -hmm. mortgage and expenses. Mm -hmm. And then when we really get into it, well, we bought a car four years ago or, or 10 years ago, and we have no car payment. Well, at some point, you have to buy a new car, so that needs to be a sinking fund or a budgetary item. Yeah. When was the last time you put a new roof on? I personally need to put a new roof on my house in the next uh, right. year or two right. because of Hurricane Sandy right. and, and also age. Mm -hmm. And, again, most people don't have that in a budget. I have it in my budget because I, right. I know it's an upcoming it's, expense. It's almost like an accounting with the, the depreciation expense where mm -hmm. folks, when they depreciate an asset, that money's supposed to be used for reinvestment instead. Mm -hmm. Of course, we know that some folks do and some folks don't. But when it's time to, to replace that roof or replace that tractor trail or whatever it might be, 
um, they're thinking that, oh, the business is going to be ongoing, so mm -hmm. we could pull it from that. But if you really set that money aside, that's your rainy day fund, so to speak. Yeah, and we recommend that individuals, you know, you read in these fine publications such as Money or Forbes, that having three to six months in reserves is enough. Daryl, no way is that enough. Individuals should have between one and two years of expenses and reserves. Because if you think about it, to retire only once, once you're retired, there's no place to get that money from. That's right. That, 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 uh, that uh, flow of money stops. Correct. Yeah. And we actually had a client in today, this morning I saw, where 75 is still working. And he's making, you know, 30000 35000 a year, mm. which is fantastic. Because what that money does, it's pin money. It mm -hmm. allows him to buy a new car every four years, which mm -hmm. he likes doing, even though it's probably not recommended to buy a new car every four years because right. we know they depreciate as soon as you drive them off. But he likes doing that. It allows him to, to travel uh, significantly throughout the year. Mm -hmm. So it, it gives them enough money to do additional money to do everything they want to do. Right. And we, right. we also, yeah, I'm sure you've seen the movie The Bucket List. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've seen it many times. And we always tell people, develop a bucket list of things right. that you want to do. And it may not be a significant cost, but it may be a cost to get there, meaning it, uh, uh, doing the item may not, you know, right. traveling, going to see all the national parks. Right. One of my best vacations I ever had was going to Yosemite National Park, which I didn't want to do. And what <laughs> my wife and I do, we take turns doing the bucket list items, mm -hmm. one on her list, one on my list. Right. And by doing that, it's a fantastic life. And, you know, also... Only retire once is about having the life you want. Right. And it's not all about money. It's the quality of life. It's not about travel. We have people who, you know, drive within the United States. They go to the Jersey Shore. It doesn't matter where you go. Right here, we're great commuting distance to New York City, which has an amazing uh, history and uh, museums that you can easily be there within an hour and go home at the end of the day. But, again, there's a cost. For the train is a cost to stop for some great New York pizza or right. whatever you're going to do. Right. So it's uh, it's impactful. We want to see people have the life they want. That's really the goal of the book is to help people attain the life they want by having them think about the things that they don't think about. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Roy Williams, the CEO of Prestige Wealth Management Group and the author of Only Retire Once, How to Avoid the Nine Deadly Mistakes of Retirement as our in-studio guests. This is, this is really good. I'm really enjoying this discussion because we're talking about very practical things that uh, folks can begin to apply today. Oh, without so a question. Tell, where's your business located? It's in, uh, we have offices in uh, Melbourne, New Jersey, mm -hmm. off Melbourne Avenue, uh, in Flemington, New Jersey, and also in Key Largo, Florida. So, so oh, Key Largo, Florida. I've been to Key Largo, Florida, believe it or not. My wife and I, we wanted to do something different, so we picked Key Largo for some reason, and we spent three glorious days playing tennis. Oh, it's a great location. Oh, it is, it is. But this is great. So you're right here in our community, right mm -hmm. here in Milburn, right next to South Orange. And um, I guess you take appointments in the home, or you take appointments in your office? In the office. In the office. We find we can help more people by having them come to the office, because mm -hmm. our resources are in the office. Right, If right. we need to go on a Social Security calculator, we need to update a financial right. plan. Everything is in the office, and we find it's, uh, it, and we can impact more lives by having individuals come in the office. And I assume you have a website. Yep. Could you share with our audience uh, your website so that if they want to get in touch with you? Yes, uh, www.prestigewealthmanagement.com. www.prestigewealthmanagement.com. And also the book is available on Amazon.com. 
Yes. Only retire once. Yes, yes. And uh, I have to write a review for it, by the way. Normally, I, 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 I do that. Um, oh, I also want to let you know something else. All the proceeds, at first I was uh, going to take part of it, but I decided to be most impactful. All the proceeds from the book will go to various charities. Uh, and I'll go through what the charities. Uh, and again, it may be one year we donate to one charity, the mm -hmm. following year we donate to another charity. That'd be nice. But the charities nice. that we're going to donate to, mm -hmm. uh, we developed the Williams Family Make a Difference Foundation. Mm -hmm. So all the profits from the book will mm -hmm. go to uh, charities that impact uh, veterans, uh, job training for veterans and their spouses. Uh, it's, a, it's a big problem we have with uh, veterans returning home yes. in the 60s and 70s, and I hear from a lot of clients who are veterans, you, you, you really got great job training. Today, it may be job training, but working on a, a helicopter from the 1980s or 90s is very different than the new ones out there, so you really have to go back to school so impacting those charities, charities to help abused women and children, mm -hmm. and, and charities that help children with uh, learning differences, yes, and yes. also helping the individuals who are retired, charities to help uh, retirees with medicine and rehabilitation. That is awesome. And helping that group. At 9.30 on Saturday mornings, we have a show that focuses on veterans. And uh, the gentlemen, uh, they've been doing that program for a number of years, and they always talk about mm -hmm. you know, helping them with new training and, and, and new skill sets. That, yeah. uh, that we help them to get employed here when they get back from serving. Oh yeah, and to me that's very impactful because yes. it's not impacting one person, right. impacting the whole family and the future generations of that family. That's right. So to help those individuals who go in to serve our country at 18, 19, who come out at 23, 24, and what am I gonna do now? Well, the, to have the best job is to have, it doesn't, you don't have to have a college degree, but you need to have some trade. Some, some kind of trade. So the charities we're working with will help them develop either, you know, education, college, or, or trades so they can get the best job uh, possible to support their family in the best possible way. Well, that is great. That is great. So in Chapter 4, you talk about using smart asset management to ensure steady cash flow. Um, in layman's terms, what does that mean? That means having the proper amount of risk and having proper amount of income within the portfolio. Uh, I'll give an example. Uh, Wall Street Journal uh, called me, Dow Jones called me to do a Dear Abby in 2008, mm -hmm. the end of 2008. And this person, their strategy was they took all their dividends and capital gains and they, they paid them out each year. So through 2008, they were doing great because the international funds had such a run during the year 2000s that they were paying large dividends and capital gains. And in the article, or in the mm -hmm. Dear, you know, Dear Abby mm -hmm. uh, answering them, they almost had no money left because it wasn't a smart strategy taking all the dividends and capital gains out. So we put a strategy together to try to minimize taxes. Mm -hmm. We want people to pay what they're legally responsible to pay and no more. Right. What I mean by that, if you have a stock that you pay $10 for, to sell it for $100, you are going to today you can pay capital gains. 0 to 23.8% mm -hmm. depending mm -hmm. upon your tax bracket. Right. Where if you take the dividends they're already paid instead of reinvesting as income, you're already paying taxes on that. So why cause a double taxation, as right. I would say? Right. So these are strategies to try to minimize mm -hmm. the taxes and, mm -hmm. and give you the income that you need. And using income vehicles uh, within your portfolio to mm -hmm. make sure there's enough income to provide what you need on mm -hmm. a steady basis so you don't have to sell if the market's down. Okay. And what are some of the mistakes that people make with Social Security in regards to not utilizing it correctly or applying for it or, or maybe applying too soon or, or too late? 
it, it was so many mistakes there. Uh, we can do a whole show just talking about the mistakes okay. of Social Security. The, the taking it too early, if individuals don't need the money because they retire with a pension from the union or a mm -hmm. corporation and they don't have to take it, by uh, deferring it, it grows 8% a year. So even if you wait from 66 to, to 70, uh, that's a 32% increase. After 70, that 8% uh, stops at this point in time. So we have, sometimes we have individuals start at 66, and then the spouse will, even though they're eligible, taking it, they'll take half of uh, the, the, the other spouse the six, who's 66, and they're 66, and wait to 70 to start theirs, because that 32% is compounds with inflation, whatever Social Security gives for inflation every year, so that could be a big, big impact. We find individuals or couples gonna get an extra $100,000 by the timing of when they uh, take Social Security. Mm -hmm. So we, we actually purchase technology to help with uh, clients making the decisions. Wow. So a lot of times they take it too early or uh, maybe not if they're a widow, they may not realize that they can start at their uh, spouses. If they're 60, they can start to, and their spouse say was a few years old, they can start taking their spouses. Uh, so there's so much to it and they, they, just, they just don't understand Social Security. And there's, you can go to the Social Security Administration website, and there's a lot of tools on the website. And if they just Google Social Security, there's a lot of tools out there that individuals can use to really help themselves make the right decisions. It's almost like performing your own surgery. It's becoming more and more impactful, the, the mistakes that they make. How it, so imagine getting an extra $120,000 in your retirement. That's a lot of money over lot of money. 15 years, right. 20 years. Wow. So that's what sometimes people give up by uh, making the mistake. Also, if they have, a lot of times we've had, seen many remarriages, unfortunately, and so individuals get remarried and they have children later in life. So we use this strategy for a client who uh, was older and had younger children, and they start Social Security at uh, 62 so their kids can get Social Security, and we're able to build up some funds for college that way. Wow. So there's a lot of strategies that you can use to try to minimize and mitigate as much in uh, taxes as possible. And also by deferring sometimes, if you're in a 15% tax bracket, and again, it depends how much in deductions you have, uh, your uh, dividends and capital gains could be tax-free. So by deferring Social Security and keeping your income lower for a low period of time, not only do you get the 8% per year additional Social Security later on, you get to have tax-free income from your dividends and uh, capital gains. So very it's, very, nice. it's very impactful. Right. But it's, very, it's, it's a very complex conversation. Oh, very, very complex. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I think what you said just hit me right at home. Is it's like trying to perform surgery on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, which is not a great thought. No, but people yeah. do that all the time. Right. right. Even, even in planning for their retirement. Mm -hmm. Well, I have, a, I have enough money to retire. I'm going to take 5 6% from my portfolio. 80% of the time, if they're taking that much from their portfolio, they're, they're guaranteed to run out of money because of inflation. Right. The right number is 3 to 4%, depending upon uh, what they're taking from the portfolio. Now, if you're 75 and you're taking 6% from your portfolio, that's fine yeah. because yeah. of the age that you're at. But if you're 55, Darrell, what happened with the crisis, financial crisis, and the Great Recession, we saw people retiring earlier. Right. Right. And so that compounds the impact of inflation mm -hmm. because they're retiring at 50 or 55 because they thought they had enough money. Now at 70, they realize they don't have enough money. Now they have to go back to work 
uh, have to go back to work and not work part-time because they have to. They have to. You know, believe it or not, we're running out of time here. It shows you just how complex but how great this conversation, how important this conversation is. What are some, and we're going to have you back on a program because there's just so much to cover. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the one thing you want folks to think about uh, when they think about retirement uh, that you want to leave them with before we uh, adjourn today? I want them to think about planning. You know, put a game plan together. Write everything down that they want to do in retirement, what they want to accomplish in retirement. And if it's a husband and wife, you both do that. And then just and then put a game plan to have success. We're coming into football season. You know, the Giants and Jets are local in Philadelphia. We're not far from. The coaches put game plans together before Sunday. And it's never, and for the younger generation out there, I'm passionate about them saving. They need to start saving today. Pay themselves first and plan. It's never too early to plan. It's never too early to pay yourself first. What I mean by that is put money away for retirement and saves and spend what's left over instead of spending and then saying, I'll save what's left over because we always, always can find something to spend money on. Well, Roy, believe it or not, we are out of time, but we're going to have you back on the program because there's just so much to talk about in regards to your book. We're here with Mr. Roy Williams, the CEO of Prestige Wealth Management Group and author of Only Retire Once, How to Avoid the Nine Deadly Mistakes of Retirement as our in-studio guest. Roy, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Darrell. I appreciate it. This is Darrell Gunter, your host of Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Remember, this program, in case if you miss it, you want someone else to hear it, you can go to iTunes under iTunes University, Seton Hall University, and look for the program Leadership, and you'll see this broadcast as well as our other broadcasts. Thank you and have a great weekend. And remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend.